Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Gay Side Stories, where the gay shit goes. I am your host, Chalificent. Thank you so much for joining me for another week. Remember, you can listen to this show on Pippa, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher, Acast, TuneIn, or at GaySideStories.com slash shows. Remember to use the hashtag GaySidePod when you're live tweeting or posting about the show. And a big reminder, the Gay Side Culture Series is getting ready to start very soon. It's going to be sometime in July. I'm not exactly sure when. So if you plan on participating or if I've hit you up asking if you wanted to participate and you agreed, please start sending those sound clips to me so I can figure out what I'm going to do and how I'm going to present them. And the audience survey, if you want to take some time to take that, all of that information is in the show notes. This week is a very special episode. It's still Pride Month, and I had a very special guest, and I was very happy and glad that they took some time to come onto the show. So you guys pay attention. Hopefully you learned something. I know I did, and enjoy. So I have with me this week, Bianca, podcaster and just general awesome person, a fellow Gemini, and tell the people a little bit about yourself. Oh, that's the nice thing anyone said about me all year. I do my best. Hey, I think we're done here. No. Um, hey, everybody. I am Bianca, aka Tall Bianca XO on Twitter. I'm not going to list off a whole bunch of AKAs because I'm someone's guest right now, technically. Um I am a transgender woman. I use she, her pronouns. That's really important. Um, and I'm new to this, but way more true to this. Um, we'll just go ahead and say. So That's real. That's real. Hello, and thanks for having me in your digital space. And Thank you for coming. I hope to make it. Whoa. The sun is still out, sir. What are you talking about? But I'm just... <laughs> oh, my God. You a little bit too turnt, ma'am. <laughs> I mean, a little bit to turn. So uh, you are one half of the podcast Crown and Collards on the CSPN network. Indeed. Where we have a sister show, Ratchet Ramblings, you guys know that I do. Uh, tell the people a little bit about Crown and Collards. Uh, so Crown and Collards began in 2014. Um, OGs? <laughs> on the dark side of midnight when my co-host was up at that time as he was often at that time um and mentioned wanting to do a podcast and this was obviously well before i um, began my transition and i was like you know what i'll do it so the show began as two southern gentlemen um doing uh you know basically like just porch talk um Mm -hmm. and then the porch talk kind of became this whole other thing where it was like yo, we kind of like see eye to eye on a lot of stuff and can use our platform to be good representatives of like the greater black community, dare I say. Um, Because let's just face it, like we traffic in black Twitter, you know, primarily, and that's where most of our listenership comes from. Um, But then as as my life uh, began to change, um, and the lens through which I viewed the world began to change. I think we were able to make a pretty seamless, here we go, y'all, transition. Um, 
Got that out the way. And I didn't sprout a hair anywhere. Awesome. Um, <laughs> seamless transition into um, Dan leaving the show and Bianca taking over. Um, the plot twist is on both of them. But no, um, it, it's been wonderful. I think I was episode 155 where I made the... Yeah, it was pretty recent, right? Mm-hmm, where I made the official uh, jump over because that was right around the time that I went full-time with everything in my life. Um, right. It was like, you know, in terms of the job and in terms of like social appearances and starting to work to become the woman I've always felt I am, which we'll delve into a lot more later. Um, And the response has been overwhelmingly positive. We got a couple of, you know, got a couple of one and two star ratings on the show, but that ain't nothing below bottom haters. Listen, I done told y'all about them one star woes. Save that for somebody else. Right. Let us live. Save that for the huge podcast where it doesn't really hurt them. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. You know, go give the go give the brilliant idiots your one star reviews. It it doesn't matter to them. <laughs> leave us alone. We're just small little independent podcasts. We're just trying to make just trying to make it. Right. We're not even making just no money off this. It. Like we just No, we paying money. To bring you hashtag content. Hashtag content. Good content at that. That is one of the best things ever, by the way. (laughs) Hashtag content. I love it. I love it. So content and also hashtag branding. That's another favorite of mine. True. um, True. So the Crown and College show is continuing on uh, more or less as planned. Um, We are taking this week off because it's Pride Week. Happy Pride. Yeah. Pride Week in Portland. also, my birthday weekend, and while I wanted to get a show out, my um, esteemed co-host fell asleep, and I don't do solo shows. So that was Blue Crown and Collards um, this week that you'll be hearing this. But we will be back um, after an unintentional, intentional hiatus of one week. So, true, true. So happy birthday also, and as well. I'll be... Th- <clears throat> oh, excuse me. True, true. <clears throat> Two facts. <clears throat> Okay, much better, much better. True facts. So, with that being said, and that rousing introduction, let's get into the first segment, which is the school and life segment. So, my school and life this week is I am still riding high from my birthday weekend, last weekend. Oh, yeah, happy belated. Thank you. And uh, I had a great time. The new friends that I found or that I've come across in Dallas have really been very hospitable and welcoming. So we had a good time. We did things. I recorded a show. Um, We ate fried. I ate way too much fried chicken. Way too Um, much. uh, Syntax error. Hello. There's no such thing as too much. What? You know. I mean, I I ain't nothing but a guest here, but still. I so here's the thing. I okay. thought the same thing. However, my body said, guess what? You are 34 now. That is too much fried chicken. And I said, so it's just a civil war, a bodily civil war, because I'm going to keep eating the chicken. And my body was like, bet. And so the next day I felt like shit. Um, okay, so this is what I need to know. I need to know, was this like big box corporate chicken was this like corner store no, no. chicken this like was what was the homemade fried chicken. Homemade. Ooh, even better 
Now, see, that's a hell of a way to go out. I will say, like, if, true. If, no, so it was homemade fried am, chicken. If I'm immobilized after homemade fried chicken, I am laying in bed like, girl, job well done. Yes, yes. It was homemade fried chicken, fries, and onion rings. Ooh. And then I had wine too. Oh, ooh. There were a lot of things going on. Fuck. I look, I'm it here for was, it. It was oh, I enjoyed it. But when I got home, because I had to I had to make a drive from Dallas back home, my body was like, mm, mm-hmm, it ain't your birthday no more. And I was like, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> anyway, so my other school in life for this week is I've been listening to myself on podcasts. I I've been trying to do this thing where I Stop giving myself such a hard time. So I was listening to Ratchet Ramblings. And this past week on Ratchet Ramblings, I don't I don't know what happened. Um I apologize because I'm sure someone might be offended. <laughs> I was very, very sleepy during that recording, and that's all I'm going to say on that. <laughs> um, but I also did a guest spot while I was up there in Dallas on a podcast called Random Tandem and it's with two ladies they are hilarious they actually brought me on to talk about pride so that was the episode 39 i believe called hashtag dim readers because they were sipping on those straw no they were do what they were doing pineapple readers but they were doing like 25 ounce cans and you know oh. that's basically death in a in an aluminum can so and I had wine and it was a good time. So I've just been listening to myself this week and then I was picking up, you know, some of the other podcasts that I listen to. Not as much just because I've been in training at work, but even if I don't talk about it, I still listen to you guys' podcasts when I have a chance. And that's really it. So Bianca, what's your uh school in life? What got you through this past week? Or uh, is getting you through? Um, so uh, this past weekend. Oh, sorry. I'm with it. Um, ooh, I'm popular all of a sudden. Let me turn that off. No. Um, so I think the main thing that's been buoying me really has been like the anticipation for Pride because mm-hmm. uh, Portland does Pride a little different from a lot of places. The opening ceremonies now last over two days um, because what people found was it was like shit to do overload. And right. the degree that you want to do something on a given day of the week. Um, we have two marches. We have the Greater Pride March, Greater Portland Pride March on Sunday. But then also on Saturday, we have the uh, Portland Trans Unity Pride March. Ooh, okay. So Saturday, like you've got a chunk of your day ripped out, basically. You know, the time that you would usually do day parties and all white affairs and what have you. Right. Um, and it's Sunday being the day again of the big march. I mean, you kind of plan for that. But um, what wound up happening was it was like, yo, like we really have like only Friday to sort of do these mingling, welcome activity kind of things. And it's not enough. So um, Portland party and event throwers have been using the fact that people are super willing to go out on Thursdays to start doing like comedy shows mm-hmm. and, and like wine tastings and all kind of fun stuff um, beginning Thursday. So like you get two days of welcoming stuff and then two days of parading and waterfront rivalry and just having just a jolly old clear ass time. Um, 
as well as events all over the city. So you don't even necessarily have to be like down at the waterfront. And I'm just super excited for it. Um, this is always meaningful to me intrinsically because this also is the week that marks the time that I moved out here. Um, okay. It was two years ago. In fact, um, I used the day of the week, not so much the actual physical counting date, but it was two years ago on this day where I took off. And then that year, my birthday was on Friday. And then I had like, Pride stuff to do that Saturday and Sunday, only I did none of it because I was brand new to the city and didn't want to be like, yo, it's my second day in town, what's going on? And me not knowing what shit was or who anybody was. Um, so I've always had that sort of like zeal about, yo, I've got all year to get ready for Pride. And then it passes and like, the next one is scheduled and it's always the same weekend. We've got, oh, I've got all next year to get ready for Pride. So it's just like a lather, rinse, repeat kind of thing. And that's been the main thing keeping me going. Um, Friends so is this sorry, sorry is this your first pride um as bianca this would be my second pride i okay. identified as gender fluid um at that time and okay so you know, as it was bianca turning the fuck up um <laughs> and then you know monday washing like the two-day makeup off and you know back to work as the only um except now again now that i'm full time it's like okay this is like the one where it's like this is when i decided to start doing everything socially and start doing all of the medicinal stuff and mm-hmm. and the legal stuff and you know so on and so forth so yeah okay so the yeah, first pride was one yet. like i'll by next pride i'll be a much more finished product i guess you'd say um okay oh no, I, get, I get what you're saying mm. i get what you're saying okay i'm 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 here for it i feel like west coast prides are probably more fun but I'm gonna I'm gonna check back in and see what kind of weekend you had. Pride and birthday weekend all wrapped into one. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yes. All these people out to celebrate me and I am honored. <laughs> they are the ones that are being honored with your presence. That's how I look at it. That's how you you know, that's how you have to navigate life. So speaking of navigating, let's move on to the next segment. That is the come quick segment. I'm going to come, sir. Oh, yeah. So first up, this past week was the two-year anniversary of the Pulse shooting that happened on June 12, 2016. As many of you probably will remember, and if you don't, you should, a gunman went into the Florida nightclub called Pulse, killed 49 people, Wounded 53 others, and it was on, quote-unquote, Latin night. So, again, it's a two-year anniversary. And I saw some articles uh, about trying to say that he didn't. It wasn't a hate crime, and he just randomly selected the place and asked where all the women were and all this other stuff. I'm like, after the fact, all of that really doesn't matter because it's still... So you got four dozen people dead and hundreds of lives forever altered. Correct. I mean, even at a distance, I mean, you wonder even at a distance, like I can't even know, next. I can't even think about how many gay men and probably lesbian women and other identifying people that like to go out that just were shook to the core. Because it wasn't just like a one off type that 49. That's a lot of people. Dead and 53 mm-hmm. others wounded. That's over 100 people affected physically so 
Um, I just wanted to bring that up. I know I didn't bring it up in the last episode, but that anniversary just passed. And I want to say, despite everything, we are still here. We're not going anywhere except maybe, you know, to the pride events, but -hmm. we're still here. Get used to it. We're, We're still here. We're still going to fight. And that's, that's just the end of it. Yeah, there's been some situations uh, right here where I live um, where this group called the Proud Boys, I'm not going to give them any more press than that, but um, oh, gosh. they've been going around and like harassing queer people at, you know, queer events and they harass the queer couple leaving the grocery store and it's like, okay, that's strange. Like, why would you, why would you do that? But, um, right. you know, it's Pride Month and it brings out the best of us and it brings out the worst of them. And what I mean by them is those who have an active interest in making the lives of those who identify different as far as the sexual orientation or their gender identity. And that is enough to elicit like unthinkable amounts of hatred and fear and endless number of phobias. Um, right. In these people. Um, I actually have in my window, um, there was a commemorative sign for the victims of false that was given out by the local LGBTQ center here. Um, and it's in my window and I have seen and heard people discussing like, you know, it says love conquers hate. And then I think it says we are Orlando on the other side and it's got this list of names. Um, and it's everyone who was a victim of the false shooting. Um, and you know, it's a blue sign and it's like the sky blue and it's got like the rainbow colored like lettering and stuff on it. and Sometimes even that is like, to me, like this sign of, like this show of resistance in a way, right? It's like, yeah, you know, I've got this in my easily identifiable bedroom window. Um, If you want to stall something, there's going to be something kind of deal. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, Yeah, I just, I agree with what you said. It definitely brings out the, or maybe not brings out but probably highlights the worst because it's a we all know it's a year-round thing it's not just around pride when they they hashtag they start acting crazy and bothering people just trying to live their lives with a little bit of dignity and freedom so again the community is is it's still here we're not going anywhere. And I really wanted to just take this opportunity to honor the people that lost their lives that night. Yes. And in, in addition, the people who were wounded and everyone that was affected, there were, you know, friends that heard about the the shooting and, you know, lost their friend and everything like that. So, mm. Very somber. So we're going to move on to the next thing. And that is an article. So I found this article that said man attacks male friend with quote unquote sharp weapon for refusing to have sex with him. And I saw that headline and I said, okay, what kind of foolishness is this? We get attacked. You know, it's like you I get had a- the exact same response when I <laughs> opened the article and read the headline, and I was like, "All right, where's this going?" 
Exactly. Because it's like, okay, we get attacked for having gay sex. Then we get attacked for not having gay sex. Like, we can't win. <laughs> but the article took a little bit of a different turn. Right. So it, A little bit grossly understated, by the way. Um, correct. Correct. So, 40-year-old attacked his 29-year-old friend in the western city of Pune, India. All the way in India, y'all. Yes. Allegedly attacked his friend with a sharp weapon. It is believed that the men were in a sexual relationship. So, supposedly, the two were out for a walk when the victim told the man he did not want to keep having sex after he recently got married. So, he was trying to fly the... uh, Straight and narrow. Anyway. (laughs) So. uh, Try to veal. Try to veal. (laughs) Point of reference. Gay sex is actually illegal under section 377 of the Indian Penal Code. Uh, He said penal. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. This is serious. This is serious. The victim received injuries to his hand, but was otherwise fine. So they're looking for this man who attacked his friend, his lover for all intent and purposes, it seems. Right. Um, and then another tidbit that they threw on was that the Indian Supreme Court is set to hear arguments to overturn Section 377 of the Penal Code to decriminalize homosexual sex. And I believe that's next month, July. That is next month. Usually comes after June. But no, um... Yeah, so we see uh, this article that, you know, voluntarily causing hurt by dangerous weapons and means is very much like ironclad. Like, I'm surprised that it's like Section 324 of the Indian Penal Code. It should be like Section 6. Like, don't hurt people. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's good that they are considering overturning this. Um, not for anything to do with the story, but just for the broader sense of, like, Yo, we, we we got the numbers on this. Like, it's okay to participate in homosexual sex so long as it's consensual and all parties approve. Um, right. I wonder if part of it was the reason why they put that bidding. And other than, I mean, it is important, but I also wonder if it's kind of trying to dive into the mind of the victim. It's like, well, maybe this wouldn't have happened if he felt comfortable continuing this sexual relationship Mm. but i don't know we don't have the specifics there's not enough information and he did get married so (laughs) i don't know and this this is a younger guy in the situation who got married so correct the 29 year old mm -hmm. so there's there's no telling if like his marriage is like a sham or real or like a religious conversion type deal or a familial pressure situation none of which by the way excuses the fact that he got you know stabbed in the hand correct well, correct and this is why i have said it and i believe one of my peers has talked about it we actually talked about it together on this show about learning how to take rejection like someone right. saying i don't I don't want that peen. I don't want that bus anymore. It's no cause for you to get a machete and try to slice them. Like, come on, let's, let's be honest and real. Right. These things don't call for Excalibur. Like get out of here at all, at all, at all. So glad that the man is not grave, you know, gravely injured and good luck to the guy who did the attacking, because in my mind, I'm thinking if, 
homosexual sex is illegal, it's not going to be looking too good for your boy once they catch him. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's like, we know, we know. The other guy has a little bit of plausible deniability. He's like, well, I'm married, so <laughs> mm. whatever he says goes down the drain because I'm married. Meanwhile, he's, you know, walking around with Leonardo's sword going to town to people, you know. I just, I, and part of me, I know what I, I just made a little joke, but part of me wonders if maybe his, his livelihood is in danger, you know, beyond just the assault charge. Mm-hmm. I just, lost I don't job, know. Lost a social standing. I mean, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe even his life might be in danger. I don't know yeah. what the climate is in India when it comes to gay people or LGBT people. So I just, you know, I'm just thinking out loud on that one, but I don't know. At the same time, you cannot you can't be slicing people because they don't want to suck your dick no more that's just not how life works anyway moving right along moving right along glad that the younger man is fine and good luck to you and your wife sir because ooh this is a lot <laughs> yeah so we're going to shuffle right on over to the main topic for this week and that is we're actually going to be taking an inside look at transitioning because as bianca stated earlier in the show she is fairly new to the transition and i wanted to talk about a few things that i don't want to say are not talked about or highlighted but i don't think are talked about enough and that maybe people hearing it it will help them understand some of the some of the experience if that makes sense mm-hmm. and i was nervous about it because i don't everyone has a different line and i didn't want to be pushy and i didn't want to cross any lines with you to make you feel uncomfortable or talk about anything that you didn't want to talk about so Feel free to share what you want to share and keep things private that you want to stay private. Sure, yeah. So first up, I want to talk about cost and the different elements of that. Because in my mind, I don't think a lot of people factor in the cost of transitioning because most people think what uh, estrogen, surgeries things like that but i'm thinking in addition to that like a new wardrobe and makeup and who knows what else uh legal type things documents and things getting changed so uh talk a little bit about your experiences thus far with the just the pricing of your transition all right um so before i get into the pricing on what it would cost me to have anything done to my body. Do you know how much it costs for a baby to be born? Like as of 2013? Is that with or without insurance? Um, without. Ooh, no. I mean, I'm sure it's in the tens of thousands, but I'm not sure. So uncomplicated vaginal birth. So that we call it simple vaginal birth goes about 9,600. Okay. That's just to snatch you out. And 
uncomplicated cesarean section. So simple cesarean is about 15,800. That's just to get here. So Ooh. like, don't think that any number I'm going to spout going forward is going to be lower than those. It's not the case. Gotcha. Um, Reference. Got it. Okay. So again, you mentioned costs and you mentioned, you know, both medical costs, which to get your hands on the hormones uh, can run into triple digits for not a very long uh, time supply. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is before you start talking about endocrinologist meetings and you know meetings with uh, various uh, mental health therapists, um, which in the state of Oregon, you need two therapists to sign off and say how between the ears, like this is something you actually need. Um, right, okay. Which I always say, if you really want a snapshot of how ridiculous this is, imagine having to call two electricians over every time a light bulb went out in your house. Okay. That, yeah. um, so again, so that that's the easy stuff, right? You know, you can schedule a therapist meeting and you can schedule an endocrinologist meeting. Um, then you have to have consultations done to see like if your levels with your endocrinologist stuff are up to snuff. Also factors like body weight, BMI, um, body hair. So you're talking about possible laser electrolysis hair removal uh, for any surgeries that you may want to have done, certainly um, below the waist, but also potentially above the waist as well. Um, So those consultations cost money and time. Um, Those doctors don't work evenings and weekends because which doctors do other than urgent care, right? Right. And so you're taking time off from work, assuming you have a job because people don't necessarily love employing trans people and particularly in front facing positions. Um, Correct. So that's, that's the real hidden cost right there. The fact that again, we're more likely to be working like low paying jobs um, at low hours, not guaranteed insurance. Um, living in less than ideal circumstances, which may impact the between the ears stuff, which may mean the therapist may be a little more hesitant to write your approval letters to basically go forth with your um, body modifications, basically, Um, because insurance will not provide those without the presence of those letters. Um, They just won't do it. They'll consider it cosmetic instead of necessary and you will be on the hook again. I mentioned just to snatch you out of there. We're looking at fifteen thousand or ten thousand. Whew. Um, you're looking low end twenty five grand in the US. Ooh. Yeah. So what all does the twenty five grand entail? Um, that covers again like the outpatient um inpatient surgery rather, um, which is a double digit hours long process which involves all sorts of forming new parts out of old parts that I really don't want to get into at great length because this is a family-friendly show. Um, but there are videos about this everywhere online that will explain in as much detail, as little detail as you would like. Um, I'm crossing my legs just talking about this. Um, <laughs> oh, God. So What's what up? I meant by that question when I said what does the 25K entail is, is this kind of like a ballpark running tally of the consultations oh no no and... this is this is to go into the knife like this oh is, okay like, so this is just if, for like if you go in for 11 hours like you walk out with the bill of that much money if you are doing the stud insurance ah okay and yeah. so is that is that just bottom surgery or is that as far as, that's, as far as that's just bottom um, Woo. lord jesus yeah 
Um, top surgery, which is an even bigger fight and the whole determination of cosmetic versus necessary. Uh -huh. um, again, also pushes up into the five figures, possibly lower if you're down to go to discount chop shop and, you know, have your boobs bolted on and, you know, looking like Tracy McGrady's eyes. Oh, see, we don't need to do that. <laughs> but I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Everyone knows what I meant when I said that. I, <laughs> but no, okay, so yeah, and then again, we talk about a wardrobe, right? And yes. so... Wardrobe, makeup... Uh... Building, building a simple wardrobe is doable um, via the likes of secondhand shopping mm -hmm. and... You know, maybe having that one friend who might be similar in dimension to you who just wants to get rid of old clothes and doesn't want to take them to Goodwill. So we're giving you for free. Um, right. I, funny that, I didn't have that friend actually. I went the opposite direction. I was the one who, like, I hit a good lick on a good weekend of work and, you know, I'd go to one of my little sources that I could buy shoes from and, of the four pairs of shoes I bought, three worked, one didn't. I was giving that fourth pair away to friends who I felt like, hey, these might work for you. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really consider that a cost because, again, somebody that I know and trust and love got good use out of it. But still, it's an expensive endeavor in that way where it's like I'm playing trial and error. And let me mention now that some people only do the shopping online because there's that social fear of, we're going to get into like the emotional aspect of it later. Um, yeah. There's a social fear of daring to cross over like to the opposite aisles or the opposite sections. Um, I always right. quote that, you know, Payless put the largest men's shoes right next to the largest women's shoes for that reason. Um, so that you could mosey on over and if somebody were coming down the aisle, you could mosey on back and pretend like you were doing nothing. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, oh, yeah, so, there, so there's that. It, it's possible to do it, but if you want clothing that's going to hold up and it's going to last over time, and then you talk about getting clothing that might be like office appropriate if you're working in those lines, or at worst, just clothes that'll hold up for more than like one season or two seasons, then you're looking to get pretty spendy. And again, you're still battling that same social stigma of like, this is my body as is, and it may be changing. So my sizes are going to change and hormones are going to do things to my body. Right. That make my sizes change even more. My dimensions change. Um, so it's a lot. It's a lot of volleying. And, you know, I've been told, hey, expect that you might lose a shoe size. And I'm like, and all the shoes I've collected over this time? Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's like, do you know the give, money give, that I've spent? Give me death over that liberty. No. <laughs> but um, yeah, so there, there's all these things, right? And there's all these things to consider. And again, makeup, there's a lot of trial by error there, unless, again, you are that bold soul who is down to go to the likes of a Mac or an Ulta or whatever's makeup counter and have a beautician like fit you, basically, for like an everyday look and then like a party look and then like a formal look and then like a you know just running errands look um right, right. going full-time i have learned um that i go through makeup a lot like i go through a lot of foundation for example um yeah. like i'm i'm buying a new bottle of that basically with every check like <laughs> oh shit yeah shit. 
so uh i'm thinking i'm trying to think of other physical thing what about hair yeah so you gotta learn how to do hair and for me um god it's funny you mentioned this i'm getting my hair done tomorrow actually um, come on and yeah so there, there's the learning of hair and the thing that as a little boy you may not necessarily get to learn or have much proximity to is how to style hair um, mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For me, I'm particularly lucky in that I have a very curly hair texture. So all it really takes is like moisturizing it and just staying on top of it, right? To make sure that to, to ensure that it looks feminine in some way, in some you know quantifiable, some subjectively quantifiable way, um, right? But you know, what about what about the girl who doesn't have that? What about the girl who has a thicker, coarser line of hair? What about the girl who has less manageable hair just in general? Um, right. or what about the girl that is trying to grow it so she's, you know, doing mm -hmm. wigs and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. And wigs are another cost because wigs require upkeep and yeah. you know, you can, get, you can get a party wig, you can get a Halloween wig from Spirit when they open every September for 14 bucks or whatever it is now. But um, there'll be occasion wigs there'll be moment wigs they won't be a, a like live-in day-to-day wig um right the decent ones i mean you're starting at 40 and then you could skyrocket into the triple digits rather easily with just one or two different wigs um Ooh, jesus mm -hmm. and this is this is particularly important when we think about those who transition older in life who may have thinning hair or have lost hair already um right and may on one hand have worn the mask long enough to have some capital built up to where they can actually do this shopping in this way, but then they've got to get it styled. And again, they've got to overcome that social barrier of how do I walk into a store for the first time, having never done this, and ask for the help that I know I want, but feel awkward about requesting. And some people just don't do it. And like that's the thing I don't want to get lost in any of this. Some people won't do it because of the stigma that are attached specifically to the thing that they want. So Right. Yeah, so there, there's that. Again, like I mentioned that in clothing, I mentioned that in hair, I mentioned that in makeup. Um, right. So it's like just good to highlight that because not every trans woman decides to do all of the same things that you do or that other trans women, women do. So exactly. some of the costs, I guess you could argue are voluntary, but and some of them aren't like those consultations and things of that nature. I think that's probably so like, yeah, you absolutely have to do those. And those yeah. are absolutely not cheap. Um, pretty standard across the board. Um, but yeah, like the makeup and the hair and all that, it just depends on what kind of woman they want to be. Mm -hmm. if, am I, am I right? Am I in the right ballpark with that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, because like my style, like I, I skew highly feminine. That's just what I like. That's what I like on me. That's what I choose to present to the world. So, um, you know, that's heels and that's like dresses of various lengths and that's shoulders out sometimes and not out other times and shorts and, you know, things like that. Um, and, and some girls may be a little more conservative or modest and some girls may be okay with just like working a little mix and match of a few basic pieces. Some want to go like the full regalia and just like live every day, just glammed out to the max. Um, right. Like I said, I'm, I fall somewhere between that. Like I have my moments where I pick that definitely like this weekend, for example, but 
on average, um, I mean, it's summertime now, even though my weather outside kind of looks more like February than June. But um, no, like I, you know, commonly find me in like a maxi skirt and like a basic, you know, t-shirt, sandals or something, easy, basics. Um, hair washed and moisturized, makeup present, but basic, not too flamboyant or anything like that. But again, I don't say that to be like respectability politics with it. I say it to say that it's my choice. Right. Which is, yeah, it's very, very important to highlight that. It's, it's a choice and not every transgender woman's journey is the same. I was gonna say, yeah, because like I, I will tell you now, there's no like stereotypical singular closet, dare I say, for um from trans woman to trans woman. Like I will I will look at, you know, some of the things I see other girls like me wearing and I'm like, yo, like that's so pretty. Why didn't I think to buy like that cut or that fabric or that, you know, style or like I saw that and I passed it up and wow, it just looks so good on like our body type. Like that's you know, so it, it's drawing that inspiration. But again, knowing that the reason I'm inspired by it is because again, we're just not the same. Um, right. And we don't we don't see things the same. We don't always necessarily feel the same about ourselves. So right. And I think that should be relatable to most people. Because, because most people can look at like as a gay man, I can look at other men and be like, I'm not like him. I'm doing my own thing or I would imagine, you know, a woman or and especially probably non binary people. Because they really, much like transgender people, they go against the grain. So it's that individualism and it really applies in this instance. So earlier you mentioned, or we talked a little bit about consultations and all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So what about the healthcare aspect? How does that factor into the experience? Um, the biggest thing with that is... Um, I think listening to your community. Um, and the reason I say listening to the community is because like a singular bad experience can absolutely torpedo one's confidence in like going forward with this. And so you want to like lie, rely on the words of people who've been there before and say, hey, I went to so-and-so doctor. They were awesome. Um, right. I heard that this clinic has this doctor and that doctor. You probably want to do like Dr. B instead of Dr. A because Dr. B is a lot more attentive and has a lot more experience with people like us. Dr. A, dare we say, is just still learning still. Um, so that's a big thing as far as the healthcare is concerned because again, like it's possible to swing for the fences and miss, and that can be costly. That can that can mean not getting the appropriate dosage on your hormones. That could mean getting surgeries, pushback, 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 pushback constantly. It can mean so many different things. Um, so getting good healthcare, like there's like, if I asked you right now, like, hey, like say someone in your life was considering transitioning, like what, how would you direct them to, you know, the appropriate healthcare? The first thing you do is you'd Google it. Um, right, correct. And from there, like you were doing a lot of trial by fire. And I do mean a lot. Um, because again, you need two therapists to say that between the ears, you're okay. It might take four therapists. It might take 10 therapists to get to that point. Mm -hmm. And that's a matter of trying one once and feeling like, yo, this person didn't like really 
take the fact that I'm transitioning seriously and you've got to discard them and you got to go through this again. And don't forget, you have to pay that therapist to get told all those things. Right. So add into the cost again. <laughs> so then you go to your second therapist. You're like, oh, this one's amazing. And like you ask them, hey, like, can you recommend like maybe one of your colleagues who can like get me fast tracked to my second letter? And they mention someone and that person's a nightmare. So now that's three therapists down. And again, you pay that person too. And now you pay right, two right. people to tell you the things you don't necessarily need to hear. And at that point, it's like, okay, so it's two who weren't good for me and only one who was. How much hope should I be holding on to here? Um, so that the, the mental drain on it, like, that's another thing I don't want to get lost here is the fact that, like, this can be emotionally taxing if like, one thing goes wrong. Um, mm-hmm. It can be enough to make people, maybe not necessarily, like, quit, but it can be enough to make people stop for a really long time. Right. right. Very discouraging. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So, so what about medical uh healthcare? Like we talked uh, about the the therapist and everything, but what about your actual like physical so like the, doctor? So like the your your care physician is gonna be someone who again works with the endocrinologist to make sure that your hormone levels are, you know, appropriate for your age and your size and you know, your lifestyle and everything else. Um, these are measured in nanomoles per liter, um, estrogen and testosterone. Oh, those are the big two. There are others, but let's just mm-hmm. focus on those two. Um, okay. For a typical adult man, um, he would have about 22 nanomoles per liter, 25, you know, it's kind of like the range of testosterone produced, and around one or two nanomoles of estrogen. Both are present in all bodies um, right 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 and for a woman it's more or less flipped and okay the thing with the hormone regulation is with testosterone you have to stop it and you have to add estrogen so right. you've got you know what they call t blockers and then you have the estrogen and then you have you know again these other substances that you can take via a patch or be a pill or be a shot or whatever and they want to make sure that like you're progressing basically. Um, and there comes a point, this is for all of those who feel like trans athletes have an unfair advantage. There comes a point where a trans woman who is well on her way into her hormone regulation will have less testosterone in her body than most cis women. Right, because of the blockers. Mm-hmm. So that that blocker will shut that whole shit down, and I mean, there'll be trace amounts of it in your system, but like, you'll be estrogen the fuck out, and you'll have less testosterone than those you're competing against. So that was a big social media thing I got into a couple of days ago. Um, yeah, that's an we actually, we had to actually illustrate this. I was like, hey, like, to have estrogen actually work, testosterone has to not be present, so it has to be blocked. It has to be stopped from existing. Um, in the in you know in your bloodstream, and then the estrogen can start to do its work. And for the estrogen to do its work, the testosterone in a you know again a male-bodied person that naturally produces testosterone in the majority, it has to be so low functioning as to basically not exist. Um, right, right, right. At that point, you've negated the benefit of having haven't had testosterone in the first place. At that point, so especially over a, a period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it goes, it goes more and more and, you know, dare I say, you, you know, you lose more and more muscle mass, you, know, you fatigue faster and longer. Um, 
ability and capacity to carry, you know, can drop significantly in some cases. Sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it's minor, but it will drop. Um, okay. So yeah, Any... and then yeah, and then you have to be on top of like your own like personal regulation. You have to make sure that you know whatever means of ingesting you you filter, you've got to be on top of it. You got to be scheduled and you got to be routine. Your body has to get used to it, um, so that you can become that person that you want to be. Right, and you're not <laughs> wasting money because you're not following the regimen. Mm-hmm. That you makes... decide you want to do this once every six weeks, and it's like, yo, where are my results? And it's like. Your, your results are waiting on you to step it up and get more regular. <laughs> right. Doesn't work like that, beloved. <laughs> okay. Um, are there any other like hidden or not as well known healthcare costs that come with it? With the um, experience? I think the big thing is just making sure your T's are crossed and your I's and J's are dotted because again, one one miss thing and you could be hit with the bill that is in the quadruple digits has a comma in it you know um listen and again we're already talking about a group of people that are highly marginalized and not exactly working balling out of control jobs so something like that can be like financially devastating correct correct um okay so you mentioned earlier the emotional aspects of it First, I want to talk about acceptance. And you did mention during the introduction that your your announcement, I guess, has been very well received, mostly positive and everything. So have you had any instances where you did not get that acceptance from someone oh, yeah. that you were expecting it from? And how, how have you how have you dealt with that? Um I mean, yeah, there's been um, various denials um, here and there in my life. Uh, people who are like, what, no way? And like, th- that's not like the what, no way of surprise. It's the what, no way, like transgender people aren't real. Um, oh, even worse. Jeez. Variant of that. So, and, and you know, it, it's, it doesn't take much mental acuity to know the difference between someone who is like startled wow i never would have thought you like you know that's one reaction and how i feel about that is how i feel about it but um someone who gives you again the what are you talking about i, I don't i like you telling me you're trans and they're like i disagree with like the idea of trans people and it's like um i'm still right in front of you and i just told you that i am trans ipso facto like come on get on board you know right um, so there's that. Um, like I saw a video just a few hours ago, right before we started recording, um, where this pastor um, at the Edge of Salvation Ministries or whatever the fuck it's called um, decided to crash a Pride Week event at a library where a drag queen was reading story time to children and their parents. Um, this is again a ticketed event. It's opt in, like no one's being like forced to go to this or anything like that. For the y'all are shoving this down our throat, you know group of people like that subsect of people who aren't listening to this show i don't i hope that anyway um no (laughs) it's not for you but no um so so that subset of people um which this church certainly like they definitely fall within that that realm um this guy decides he's gonna crash this book reading again just this innocuous reading of a story to children 
Mm-hmm. And, and like he walks in and he's like, hi, my name is Pastor. And as soon as he says his name was Pastor, like the whole room started booing him. And I thought it was fucking hilarious. Um, and I, I used that illustration to say, I think the world needs more of that. Um, because, again, they knew the second he walked in what he was all about. Um, right. He opened his mouth. They knew what he was all about. And they knew that nothing that he was about was anything good that we needed to and view upon our children, because as we know, children are perceptive and will generally do pretty well with the things we produce to them. Because to children, everything's different. Everything's new. Everything is an opportunity to learn, um, including the concept of there being trans people or gender nonconforming people or non-binary people. The real only lack of acceptance that exists is from people, again, who just want to like live in this alternate reality in which they say that transgender people aren't real but like something that's not real like my dog will not shoot lasers from his eyes that's not real that's in the realm of like in this universe that we occupy cannot be done like i cannot pick up the entire city of rome and move it next to paris like that's something that's worth not believing in like if i started saying that then you could call me delirious and all sorts of things um the fact that i tried manhood on for 31 years and didn't feel it was a good fit that's pretty real i would say right and you you don't get to disagree with my lived experience right like Like, this is my life like saying i disagree with the color yellow like it's it's a color like we can we can see between you know orange and what green yeah we can see between orange and green there lies this color that we have you know deemed yellow or red probably orange and red no no orange yeah 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 so yeah because yellow can create orange and can also create green so yeah no so it's you know we, we can see that between there is this color that again that we have communally decided is to be called yellow we don't call it teal we don't call it silver we don't call it pumpkin we don't call it fly on the wall we call it yellow um so to say uh trans people aren't real transgender does not exist it's like buddy like the greater medical community has already accepted us what are you what are you on about so that level of non-acceptance um can also come from your peers can also come from your community, can also come from people who knew like you as you were and expect you to always be that. And to those people, I say, you know, first off, the only standards you can hold people to are the standards they set for themselves. Secondly, it costs nothing to not be an asshole. Like, listen, minding your business is nutritious and delicious, and it is free 99. Indeed. Free fifty if you want the discount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, um, yeah, you, you deal with no shortage of folks who will tell you, "Oh, but I only knew you as so and so, and your mama named you this. I'm gonna call you this." And it's like, well, that was a funny line in the movie, but like, you're not landing the you're not landing the punchline here. It's just, it's not taken. Like, stop it. <laughs> you're embarrassing. Right, right. Which I always think is interesting because it's like when you meet someone, if they say, "My name is Jerome." You're not going to say, okay, Randy. Um, Well, I mean, white people do that sometimes. But anyway, you're going to say, okay, Jerome. 
and you're going to call them by Jerome. And if Jerome comes back and says, you know what, you can just call me Jay. Okay. In any other instance, you call people what they tell you to call you. I don't know why it's such a foreign concept when it comes to transgender people. It's like you want to keep people in this box and you want to maintain this level of control by saying, no, I get to determine what I'm going to call you based on X, Y, Z. I, I don't know where that respect just it just evaporates. I don't get it. There's a, there's a great meme that, you know, that plays on that really well. And it says, if you think trans people are offended that you call them the wrong pronouns, call a cis person the wrong pronouns. Especially a man. Yeah, call 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 him, you know, refer to a man and say, hey, she just left her package at the door. Hell, you could matter of fact, you don't even have to take it that far. You could just get on Twitter and look at how the mostly black cishet men lose their shit when someone calls them cis in a tweet. I almost said something I shouldn't say, but no. I remember when that was. I remember when that was common. I miss those days. Like, bring that back. You want to bring any? If you want to bring any era of problematic Twitter back, bring that back. Right. Um, but no, yeah, there was definitely this this outpouring of like annoyedness. I'm just gonna go ahead and say, mm-hmm. um, when people would dare to just say, "Hey, like, sis," instead of you know. <laughs> sir or whatever guy or you know whatever word they wouldn't even use right and yeah they would lose their minds and you know another riff on that um while i'm here is this whole notion of like i call everybody dude and i'm like all right so you go up to your go up to your straight partner you know the one you know is, is straight and a dude and that's gonna mean dudes he's fucked since dude is so neutral hmm Hmm. So neutral. Ask him what he do if he's fucked. He should. He should have an answer, right? He shouldn't get angry at you because everybody's dude. I call. I call my sister, dude. I call my aunt, dude. I call my biology lab partner, who happens to be a girl, dude. I call all these people, dude. Yay. Yeah. So go ask that this guy how many dudes he's fucked and get back to me with his anger, because there won't be an answer. There will be anger. Oh yes. <laughs> there will be flipping about. Um, so what about other emotional aspects? And I want to touch on the community aspect a little bit too. So it's up to you, which way you want to go first. Uh, let's see. I'll, we'll, we'll continue with the emotional stuff. And I will just openly admit right now that some days I'll wake up and I look at my body and I'll just take it all in and composite. And I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like this this is before I've confronted any other member of planet Earth. Um, waking, dead, alive, whatever. Um it's me in my own quiet time where I'm like shit, I'm on, I'm gonna have to shave my legs today because I'm planning to wear, you know, shorter dress. This sucks. I don't wanna do that. Like I have days like that regularly, not all the time, but regularly. Mm-hmm. And then I have days where I'm like, "Girl, let's go! Like, you are these shit, like, all caps, like, let's let's do this." And so the emotional volleying—I mean, I've I've I will say I've never felt happier since like making the proclamation to myself in December that like this was a thing I needed to do. Um, but it's not all 
sunshine and giggles and packs of skittles. It's oh, by by no means is it that. Um, like because I, I think a lot of people they they what they see the representation of transgender mostly women because we hardly ever see any transgender men. Although, let me say right now, since you've put that in the ether, then we'll get back to the topic at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, major love to like the transgender men in the world. Um, oh yes, definitely. I'm. Tr- may 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 the visibility expand. Um, may I make way for you to speak about your experiences? That's why I've kind of shied away from mentioning much about like the trans men experience because I don't know it. Correct. Um, I, I know it through the friends I have that are trans men and the things they tell me about it, but I don't know it to make those stories my own and to speak on it. So this episode obviously skews very trans women because that's who's in the that's who's in the recording booth right now. Um, right, right. And I'm actually not a takeaway at all from any aspect of the trans man community. You are loved. You are valid. You belong. You exist. And to the degree that you deal with bullshit of a different turn or even a common turn like i feel for you and i'm here for you and i got open arms and big old hugs yes 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 all of that and i'm i i'm glad you mentioned that because it is skewed but it's skewed for a purpose and i want to do the same thing with the trans man one day so i need to get on that but anyway back to the conversation at hand Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to think other emotional aspects because again, it's, it's, I think people kind of get the timelines conflated. Mm-hmm. It's like this person is trans and they're coming out as a, a trans woman. And then the next time you see them, they've made significant strides in their transition without, and it, the whole thing is not chronicle. So people, I think a lot of people have this misconception that it's easy and that it's quick. And so I'm glad that you were open about just the day-to-day struggle of sometimes you wake up and it's like, this is some bullshit. Yeah, no, there there are, I mean, and that's on this side of knowing that this is my truth. Like, Correct. And I was going to say, because a lot of people, I think the relatability would be you have something where you made a decision. You said, this is, this is it. And even then it sucks. If you decide, Hey, I'm an artist. And I need to make sure that I draw and do this. Why you wake up some days and you probably are like, I don't want to fucking draw today, or this sucks. I don't like this that I did. Hell, even to bring it home for this podcast, and and probably relatable to you because you do a podcast as well. Some weeks I'm like, this is some bullshit. This show sucks. It's trash. Throw it all away. Even though I know. Like I have these pep talks and I'm like, there is still work that I want to do with this podcast. Is it going to be a long running show? Who knows? But I know that there's still work that I want to do, but sometimes it sucks. Now that's a very elementary, I would say comparison to what you're coming with, but I I won't. I'm trying to think of ways to make it relatable to people because sometimes people, a lot of times I should say people aren't able to do that for themselves. Sometimes you have to veer a little bit to like reach that point of relatability and then you can really like draw them back into like what it is you're talking about. Correct. Correct. A great example of this is, you know, again, when I'm having these discussions about like my gender identity and my gender and my gender presentation, 
and the disdain that can occasionally come from like the fingers and or lips of the cis black men of the world, cis straight black men of the world. And the way to reel them in is to say, hey, like you wouldn't tell a white person that they get to define what racism is. Um, how do you get to tell me then what transphobia is or what sexism is or whatever? And um, many of them don't take that particularly well <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. Oh yeah. Even even though it's you know it's more or less more or less the same thing, it's not exactly the same. Um, yeah, I've I've been seeing that. I mean, it's nothing new, but definitely, anytime you try to make that comparison, just to broaden someone's mind when you make that comparison with race and anything else is all hell breaks loose and it's just like uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to bring it to your level and here you are going the fuck crazy <laughs> so, <laughs> okay so we've talked about the emotional aspect and it is, it is a doozy I can just imagine and I, I feel for and I send out love to transgender people who may not be in the same position as you to feel empowered even if you have your bad days because we all have our bad days so speaking of empowerment i want to know a little bit more about your community and when i say community i don't mean necessarily the outside like the the geographical area i mean like the community that you build that you surround yourself with if that makes sense yeah so the thing about that is um the, the benefit of being trans if uh if i may tug on that word a little bit at each end is that i got to pick my own name and in another way i got to pick my own family as well um because you know we all say you know like the love of like you, you, we didn't pick the family that like we were born to necessarily, right? Um, but the people who meet you in the middle and love you as you came to them sort of become your your new family. And in that regard, uh, making the move that I did, where I knew basically nobody and got to set my own sort of direction on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first time in my own life, again at 32 years old, back when I made this move. Um, I can't say enough how that like more or less saved my life um, because everyone who, I mean, not that everyone has like been worthy of them and stayed around necessarily, but those who have, like those who have had that meaningful impact on my life, in my life and with my life, mm-hmm. like these are my people. Like the, these are the people who, like I always say, you know, all roads led us here um, to doing a show, for example. Um, because they're probably not doing this if I'm not out as a trans woman. Right. Um, but yeah, um, community's been great. I mean, there is your itinerant degree of infighting and or disagreements and or differences of opinion and or differences of life, you know, experience that colors all those things. But on the whole, um, being in a city that's three quarters white, but also as a city that people come to um, as sort of a haven to transition um, has kind of given me both ends of it, right? Where like I curate my 
black you know and poc friendships um with a certain zeal and a certain amount of love and attention and appreciation all those things and then there's like a second layer of that that i give or not even second layer but like a different type of layering that i give to my trans community um those who i meet with weekly at a support group um you know slightly different set of needs a lot of them that kind of look the same feel the same sound the same but yeah, they, they get a different version of all my love because these are the people who are like me. These are like my mirror images. These are people who are going through comparable struggles as to what I'm going through. And so put it all together and you get this really awesome, this really sort of magical um, sense of, wow, like I got out there and I put myself out there and I did it. And like I built the friends that I've always wanted, and I've built the sense of community that I've always wanted. I've built the second family that I've always wanted, and um, mm -hmm. it, it's it's hard to say like neatly and succinctly what that means. Like it just deserves all of the big word praising and all of the big word praising and all of the large capacity just like showering of adoration on it that I just can't give it, or else this show would be four hours long. <laughs> but no i get it it's i think you can wrap it up by just saying it is very important to you and i'm glad that you were able to choose that family and i'm glad that you had so many people that were already in your life that, that were accepting because again a lot of times we see story outside of actresses and some of the more famous transgender women you don't often see positive stories you don't often see these women being able to come out and saying it wasn't it wasn't always great but i had a good support system you know i was able to curate a a, a community a family that i knew would support me and that i could depend on a lot of times the, the the stories that you see about transgender women are so mired and and they're real i'm not saying they're not real but a lot of times it's it's the negative aspects it's the judgment about sex work and all of those different types of things you know or a lot of times it's worse it's the fatalities yeah yeah so I'm very, very happy. Like you have no idea how much my heart swells to just number one, seeing your journey over the past, what, two, two and a half years. I said two years, um, but certainly how public I've gone with it in the past six months, I think is sort of the, well, because I remember the, when you came out as gender fluid. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm, I'm yeah, thinking. That was, I'm, that was, I'm, yeah, that was about a year ago. That I did. Yeah, I'm, that way, I'm yeah. thinking the whole thing. So yeah, probably about what two years. So just to to see you happy and and flourishing and having people around you, seeing the pictures that you post on Facebook and smiling and living your best life makes me very very happy. Oh, thank you. Um. So the. 
I think that's a good transition to the last thing that I want to talk about. And maybe this will be quick. Maybe it won't be. But since we did just mention the negative aspects of the transgender experience, especially for women, I want to talk a little bit about safety. Mm-hmm. Um, now, just being a transgender woman, I think that you have safety concerns that will be much more urgent than the us uh an i don't know a cisgender person mm-hmm. but other elements that i'm thinking of um because you do ride sharing and you have so many different people that you come across so are there any types of precautions that you just kind of naturally adopt it for your safety and are there any that are specific to the types of things that you do in your life um yeah so i'd say the big one's obvious um i do carry pepper spray and i also when walking to my car um between venues or whatever um i definitely do the key between the knuckles thing um i guess have the benefit of being six four and broad shouldered and what have you but i also have the drawback of being six four and broad shouldered and all because it makes me a Easily, like, noticeable target. Right. right. I'm easily identified. Something different about that one. You know? Right. And um, so, yeah, so, you know, again, having the pepper spray and having the key between the knuckles are, like, just defense mechanisms that I knew were two that, like, would be helpful for me to have just right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also done self-defense classes um, that I've taken so that I can learn how to use skills that I may necessarily not have needed to know beforehand. Um, because once upon a time it was expected that like, you should just be able to overpower them and that would be good enough. Um, but now I'd be trying to overpower someone maybe in clothing that I'm not so used to maneuvering in and also the possibility of having heels on or whatever. So it's like, oh, so that's how I'd want to approach that. And that's how I'd want to have my weight centered. And that's how I'd want to, you know, defend myself in this way should some, you know, X, Y, or Z happen. So there's been those things. Um, thankfully, I don't have to roll the uh, safety stuff into the cost thing, although some might, because I was able to find those things for free. Okay. Uh, community-led free self-defense training, um, which I am super thankful for, even though, again, I still haven't had to use those things yet. Um, there's also... Again, the notion of the common misgendering and the potential violence that could come with if I were to correct somebody, like, what the fuck do you mean you're a girl, da da da, and then like they like fly off the handle and want to act out in that way. Right, uh, right. So one precaution that I've put in is that I don't pick up, I don't do strip club pickups at night unless I see that the account belongs to a woman. Okay. Um, because the last thing I want in my car at X o'clock in the morning is large groups of boisterous men talking about, you know, titties they looked at and how they totally wanted to go home with this one. But I'm like, you're in the car with me. So clearly that's not happening. Right. And very boorish conversation that I had the benefit of knowing took place before I transitioned in that job. And thus, sort of, again, built in this safety measure where, like, okay, I can see where the pickup is, but I can't see who I'm picking up. And then I see that I'm picking up, like, 
Robert, and it's like, nope, canceling. I don't care if it's Robert and three women. Like, I'm still canceling. Because I don't want to take that risk of it being Robert and three men instead. So Right, right, right. Yeah, I will I will gladly pass those on to the next person. And you know, it's my hope that they get someone who is in some way more willing to deal with that. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't want to pass it on to like I mean again, I don't know I'm doing this, but I wouldn't want to pass it on to a woman and be like, Nope, not my problem. Um but what I am doing is I am passing it on to the next person and saying, Not my problem because I'm looking out for me in the end. Uh, right, right. So that's interesting that you say that because I don't think if I've ever, I mean, I have, but I guess I've never thought of specific examples of that constant vigilance, which God, I sound like <laughs> dodgeball the movie, <laughs> but it's, but, it's true. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's something to consider. The um, verbiage fits, you know, it's a constant thing of, because I think of the little that I do as far as safety precaution, you know, I'm, I'm very aware when I'm walking, I, you know, I'm the type that gets in the car and I'll hurry up and lock the doors and I look around and I'm checking for noises and all that kind of stuff. But if you ask me, well, do you have pepper spray or mace? No. Do you walk with keys in between your, you know, no, I don't. Um, I I haven't taken self-defense classes. I don't, you know, I'm a lot of things that admittedly I take for granted just being a a cisgendered man to the point where in most situations, people are not going to bother me. Mm. So it's. Yeah. Again, those are things I went from, I don't have to think about this to, I do have to think about this every day, literally all day, every day. You know, another thing, again, with the rideshare driving is, like, honestly, when I'm doing these late pickups and I see that there's a woman on the account, I light up because I'm like, okay, like, here I am, a woman giving another woman a safe ride home. Like, she doesn't have to worry about feeling threatened or, like, assaults on the table, possibly, or that, like, some person's going to know that, like, at this time, she's only going home, so this is where she lives. And if the guy gets a glimpse and sees, and you know, we know these like extreme worst case scenarios that are possible, I'm not going to enumerate them. Right. I feel like me doing the driving, especially I really only do the driving at night. Um, even though to hear my voice again, obviously we get this very deep voice, but um, to know that they're present with in the car with someone who identifies as a woman, I think kind of takes some of the edge off of the, you know, will this be the night I get to, weird or awkward or whatever driver and they see me and it's like okay that's probably not happening so that's an interesting and i i from what it sounds like there's a level of comfort really on both ends that's what i hope anyway um and again like i i, I mean like i said i mentioned strip clubs but like i make a different concession for bars and for other venues from where I'll pick up like people with you know men's names on their accounts. Um, there's something in particular about the strip club, like just, just that adrenaline rush or that Oh, trust through, me, uh, I know, I know. I did hell, I did a drop off to the strip club and I was like, get out of my car. <laughs> get out. <laughs> you know, because they started casually talking about doing coke and they got a meeting on Monday, and I was like, Oh my god, please get out. <laughs> I can only imagine what they were like after, or even you mentioned strip clubs specifically, but I'm thinking, and maybe, no, I would, 
I wouldn't think it would be much different, but the few times that I've done it, picking up from bars at night, like when they're leaving the bar mm-hmm. and it's just, they get in and it's, it's, I don't, men are just, oh God. That's why I said the bar's a mixed bag. Um, yeah, I can see that yeah, being a mixed it, bag. It could, it could be like that I'm picking up an employee or it could be that I'm picking up someone who's just really tired and falls asleep in the car right away. Or picking up a couple or even, you know, picking up a group or whatever. But like, they they might not, they might not be the type to have that sort of that personality type where like they're just going to bramble on and on and on about like their strip club experience or their bar experience. Like you know, it's happened like once or twice in the almost 3000 rideshare rides I've given. Oh, come on numbers. It's happened once or twice where guys have just lamented, yo, like this girl in the bar was so hot and I didn't really get to get a number da, da, da. like, you know, there's that. But I, I think that there's a particularly, like we mentioned earlier, dehumanizing element that they impart upon the women who work in strip clubs, right? This leads to a much grosser, much more salacious feeling conversation. And right, right, right. That makes sense. Again, that's something I don't ever truly want to subject myself to. Like if I'm picking up Janet and Paul is in the car with her, like I kind of feel like they're going to have a little bit more of a nuanced conversation about like what they witnessed and dances they liked and what have you. But when it's like, oh, I'm picking up Paul and also Michael, Bruce, and Ken are getting in the car, and it's like, oh fuck. It's like, no, thank you. I, I cannot drive fast enough to get these people out of my yeah, car. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> I know I've done that before. And when they get when the, I picked up couples when they get to arguing, I'm like, let me just step on this gas a little bit because y'all got to get the fuck out of my car. <laughs> and it's funny because it's always the woman that's like, I'm so sorry that about you know, and the man's like, come on. And it's like, oh my god, like please don't be on the news tonight. I just, oh god. Okay, so this has been a very informative conversation and not that I told it myself as being knowledgeable about the trans experience, but I've learned a lot. So the last thing I want to cap the conversation with is actually more of a reminder and I want it done in your words rather than mine and that is the difference between sexual identity and gender and gender identity okay really sexual orientation Mm -hmm. whichever word so gender identity is how i feel about me like if i were alone in the world i would probably identify as a woman i would probably make the same sartorial choices that i make um i would more or less comport myself as if i were the last woman on the planet because that's who i would be um Mm-hmm. don't know what the hell I do with you know again these sartorial choices or whatever and I know a lot of it comes down to that or like how I feel between the ears or what have you um, so let's expand on that and let's go socially I've always felt comfortable being you know well again now having lived this experience enough um, I have been in the presence of like all women's majority women's groupings and I felt much more at home in those ways right uh, in ways that, you know, not to say that manhood as preference with to women's company is inherently bad or wrong for straight men or whatever. Um, but the way I feel about me is I feel like, you know, I was born male and I had 
these lifelong expectations foisted upon me for how my life would chart based on the fact that when I came out, the doctor slapped my ass and said, it's a boy, yay. Mm -hmm. Um, I got to experience a bit of the world. And I will tell you from a very young age, I always felt different. Um, which I feel like I should have mentioned about 50 minutes ago, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I think it was implied. <laughs> but always felt different. Always felt more like the girl's degree of things was right and less like the boy's degree of things was right. But I was a pretty good child actor and go alone to get alone came naturally to me. So I didn't really express it much. Um, of course, now I'm a grown-ass woman, and I can say, hey, look, like this is how I feel about me. So that's gender identity. Um, that's 100% how I feel about me. And then to fan out from there how I wish to be received by the world at large, including the ways in which I socialize, including the ways in which um, people acknowledge me, the words they use, the terminology they use, what have you. Um, that's all about me. Um, sexual orientation is y'all. <laughs> sexual orientation is hashtag y'all sexual orientation is everybody else so out of everybody else in the world who do I have sweet eyes for Right. Um, that's sexual orientation I will throw a little bit of a curveball and say I don't label my sexuality um, my sexual orientation I don't put a label on it um, and the reason I don't is because my relation with sexual identity and also my body and ways I feel about my body and ways I feel less favorably about my body um, don't line up to present a neat answer. Um, and that's fair. Like I said, for, it is a journey. For for example, if I said, you know, show I like pussy, right? Just being real crude about this. Yeah. Then that opens the door for like, the trans man to say, you know, you're a woman. I receive you as a woman. I'm attracted to you. You said you like pussy, and that's what I got. So what's good? Yeah, see, and that's one of the things I haven't really tackled that or attempted to because you know it's not a conversation that I can even have on my own. But I have said it before that things get tricky when it comes to transgender people because in that LGBT, the the T is the only one that's a gender identity. And then you have to, on top of that, add the sexual orientation, right. whereas the rest of them is just the sexual orientation mm -hmm. until you start getting into the other letters. And then it kind of is a toss up. Then, there's, yeah, some gender, you... there's some sectors orientation, but for the mm -hmm. LGBT that people, most people know when you get to that T and that's why, you know, I didn't make a big stink and I understood the arguments that the T shouldn't even be included because yeah it's a it's not the same but then I realized at the same time that that is not the determining factor of why that T isn't part of that acronym it, it, it doesn't have anything to do with that gender identity it's the the camaraderie of being an outcast in society mm -hmm. and you know because what I don't want to get too much into the history of this, but you know, Stonewall was a riot caused by a poor black trans woman. And Correct. the idea of that riot being the byproduct of the socialization of lesbians and gay men and people who went both ways, so bisexuals, um, and trans, you know, people, let's just go ahead on and say it, that that's 
kind of the impetus for like that degree of inclusion. Um, yep. But yep. back to like orientation again. So like if I say, yo, I'm into women, then, you know, some trans women might be like, be more specific. Like, am I included in that? And then I might be like, hell yeah, you are. Or, <laughs> or maybe not my cup of tea, but if you got a friend, yeah, you know, kind of thing. Right. So yeah. Again, it, it gets complicated um, in that way where, like, again, trying to slap the simple, neat label on it just either excludes the wrong people or includes the wrong people. And there's nothing wrong inherently with liking who you like. I would not be the person who tells you, well, I mean, unless you're only an assist man, um, in which case I will say, woo. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, and I say that tongue in cheek, of course, but no. Um, I don't. Good damn luck. <laughs> <laughs> I, they... I, in, in in the places in which I've had to like put an orientation right like I could opt out of it but I'd want to put something there I've put yeah. queer um, okay okay and then I've I've let the filtration fall as it may um, on my side yeah uh, someone sends me a message and they're not my cup of tea then I just move on and if they are then you know we jump right in and let's go but um Again, that is that's on me. That's that's my yeah, 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 yeah. And... So I I would say to sum it up, the and this is again this is for the listeners because I think I have a pretty good grasp on it, but I could be wrong. Um, your gender identity is how you feel about yourself mm-hmm. and how you choose to present, and your sexual orientation is who you are sexually attracted to. Correct. To right. I I am a woman. I am transgender, but I'm a woman. Like transgender is an it's an adjective, right? And I am into a group of people. <laughs> That's fair. It's a couple groups of people. They'll know. I'll I'll tell them when I am. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, attraction is what do they say? Attraction is fluid makes sense okay so that is going to wrap up this conversation and again bianca i want to thank you for agreeing to do it and being so candid with your answers you know um, we didn't dive into the specifics of what you have going on nor did we need to we still got what i feel like was a meaningful conversation and things that i mean like i said i learned a lot just from the questions that I asked you. So again, thank you. Thank you for having me. So let's move to the last segment and then we can shut it down. So the queer query. Question. First question. Now this question was specifically for you because I know y'all do misconnections on crown and collards. (sighs) So first question is, if you were to ever write a misconnections type of letter, how do you think it would go? And I'm actually going to go first on this one. I'm going to give you a little bit more time to think about it. Okay. So if I were to write a misconnections letter, I think it would either be something podcast related, which I don't even know how that would go, but that's been such a major focus in my life over the past year and some change. I could see that or it would be some grocery store creep shit. (laughs) 
Like I could see it being something like, "Ew, you know, I saw you at the grocery store. You were eyeballing all the cooking oils and the greases, but I mean, I'm not sure if you could tell, but you could grease me up anytime. <laughs> if you see this and you're interested, tell me what kind of shirt I had on. You know what I mean? <laughs> Be like, you were over there by the Crisco. Whew. I almost said something really off the wall. So <laughs> that would be the kind of letter I think one of the one or the other. Like I said, I don't know what kind of podcast letter I would write, but who knows? So what you got? Um, God, how would mine look? Okay, so I will uh, preface this by admitting I'm an extremely awkward flirter. Like. <laughs> I shot my shot last night and I like I was breathing hard after like it it's it's tough um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so mine would be a reflection of that um I would probably mention something like that I liked about them so it'd be like yo you had really cute shoes on and your pedicure was amazing for your skin tone um I'm the trans girl who you probably didn't think was in the girls, but you know, totally am. Uh, right back if this is you, and then I get like 20 dick pics in my Craigslist <laughs> email box. Fix it, Jesus. Because apparently, men are the only ones who actually respond to those things. Yeah, I'm sure that men are the only ones that respond or write them. I think it's probably like five women on the internet that have written a misconnection. <laughs> the rest are men and they're talking to each other, even though they're aiming the letters at women sometimes. <laughs> sometimes because that one letter, Jeremy, I know you're going to hear this and I ain't forgot. I'll never forget that shitty booty letter that you did, that you had when I was on Crowning College. Never forget. Woo! Jesus. Let never forget. Let's move on because we're getting flashbacks. Okay, next question. We've had some great ones over the years. It's yes, you have. Y'all have had some some outstanding ones, but that one took me down because I was like, because it was here, and that was what hurt my heart even more. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how dare you? How dare you go to a sex party with a shitty booty? I just, uh, no, I'm not reliving this. I'm not reliving this. We're moving on. We're moving on. Move on, move on, move on. Let's go. Okay. If you could ask any living celebrity for an undeniable favor, who would you ask and what would you ask for? Ooh. Um, okay, first off, this answer will not be sexual in nature. Mine's not sexual either. Um, secondly, it would... Like, so when I, when I was presented this question, I was like, there's an 80% chance I'm going to ask this to Michelle Obama. Ah, the first lady. And then I was like, what the hell could I ask this woman? <laughs> like, right. What like, favor would you ask of Michelle right, Obama? Like, 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 what would I ask Michelle Obama to snap her fingers and make happen? Like, because again, this is undeniable. So like the next time I blink, like this is going to be a thing that she just like imposes <laughs> on the world writ large. Correct. Um, So I'm going to venture away from that. I'm going to go okay. a vastly different direction. Um, 
And I would ask Sheila E. for a two-hour drum lesson. Oh, that's a good one. I like it. I'm here for it. Sheila E. I would ask Sheila E. for a two-hour drum lesson. Reason being, I didn't get to see Prince live before he, you know, ascended. Um, and I know that she had a particular proximity to him and right. learned from him, got a lot of influence from him, what have you. Um, and I think it would just be a good time. Um, you know, she's, she's a little a little older, not too much older. She's a little older. Um, but I think we would find just that common ground. Like, I think we both have, like, these banging outfits on and just, like, yeah, about that for a little bit. And then it'd be like, all right, to so the drums. And, like, we take our break. And then we, you know, have, like, yeah. the vocals or some shit. And then, like, I just think it'd be awesome. Um, I think, I feel like it would be a blast because she's so passionate about mm-hmm. it. You know and what I mean? Trust me, I get it. That answer is super self-serving. I mean, it's a favor, so. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, it, it's it's not me asking, again, like, Michelle Obama to, like, push through, like, some agenda, some political agenda, like, liberating trans women from yeah, the so. world. I guess so. Maybe I should have worded it personal favor. Mm-hmm. Although, I guess okay, it could much still better, be. Yeah, so, yeah. It's personal, a personal favor, favor. That would be it. Something for um, you. Okay. That, I mean... Like Sue Bird lives in Seattle. She's three hours up. I'd ask to shoot hoops with her for a little while, maybe. Um, okay. But no, I think yeah, I think my one above all answer, like again, when this question was presented to me, was again like I had the what the hell would I ask Michelle Obama um, question in that way. Um, so no, then I was like, wait, I really like music and undeniable favor. If I could get two hours of Sheila E's like daily real estate, that'd be great. Listen, like my only critique of that is you aiming low because I'd be like, "Look, girl, <laughs> take me on to your next tour. Let me learn as we go." Out, but that's just me because greedy. Speaking of greed, <laughs> what would I ask, and who would I ask? I would ask Bill Gates for five hundred million. Give me the money. Gave me the money. You got more than enough. And I was trying not to be too greedy because I was like, should I ask for a billion? Because he has several. He has <laughs> a lot. But I said, you know what? 500. I can do some things and, you know, the money can make money. I won't be too, too greedy. But mm-hmm. give me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money! Yeah, it's funny because um, talking about money, just today, um, Bomani Jones' podcast had Brian Koppelman on, who's the co-creator of the Showtime TV show Billions, oh, and it's yeah. not a plug for the show necessarily. I don't have Showtime, so I can't watch. But um, <laughs> me neither. <laughs> a, a thing that they talked about was just this notion of like ascending, but cascading tears of having money, and how like you reach a level and you realize there's so much more to aspire for. There's so much more that you can attain, and like that next person at that next level of what they've earned always can leave you feeling like what I have ain't shit, you know? Ooh, that's interesting. But I can I, see but, it though, because I could see getting 500 million being like, okay, I need money to make money and then being like, okay, so how do I... Because my right. whole thing is I, I, I would be like, I want to be comfortable, but then I want to also be able to pay it forward. Right, like I, I, I got this I got this first billion. How am I going to get these multiple billions? Right. From the... Right. 
I'm going to ask Oprah, like, how you do it? What should I do, girl? Right. Because <laughs> clearly you have it figured out for the blacks. <laughs> what should I do? Okay, so we're going to wrap this up actually with a guest question. So you get to ask a question. I get to ask a question. Goodness, you know I hate this part of the show. Um, let's see. Um, so in life, you before this episode had some experience with trans people and now mm-hmm. having gone on this episode, you have like more experience with trans people. Mm-hmm. And what like one sentence banner of a message would you want uh, to, I guess, share with the world at large? based on what you've learned today and what you kind of came into this episode already knowing about the greater trans community? Uh, what would my message banner be? Mm -hmm. It would be trans people are real people with real experiences. And those of us that have privilege should be doing what we can to help them. And that's pretty much one of my objectives in having you and other trans women and in the future, hopefully trans men on the show. If I can use this voice, this is not, the sentence is complete. Now I'm just explaining it. <laughs> I'll be like, this is a run on sentence. No, no, no. But if I can use this platform and do a small part is more obviously there's always more that one could do but just being able to have this platform and allow trans women to or trans people I should say to speak and for me as a cisgender gay man to just listen because we know that gay men can be transphobic just like other people and I would hope that it's a welcoming space and that you feel comfortable and the fact that this is more so for you than it is for me. Mm-hmm. Because not every, speaking specifically for trans women, but also for the trans community, not everybody is going to be a Janet Mock or Laverne Cox. Not everybody is going to have an opportunity to tell their story or just have people listen even if it's not about telling your story on a broad level just to be able to have people listen and Mm -hmm. listen with intent and comprehend and be able to have a dialogue where you're not feeling like you're talking to a wall if that makes sense makes perfect sense so yeah that's my my goal and hopefully I accomplished some of it with you on this show on this day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's been really good. It's been good to sort of, again, talk candidly and be vulnerable in that way about what this experience is, what it can look like, how it can feel. Um, again, the notion of some days I can just wake up and feel like, sh- you know, absolute just yeah. garbage, but that's okay. Like that is, that that's part and parcel for this whole thing. Um, because, I mean, you you zoom the camera out far enough and we got that in common with everybody. It's just how it manifests for the trans person is obviously a much more significant degree different than how it may take hold in others. So, right. Right. Some people understand just how real it is. You know, shit is real. (laughs) 
And I think that was because I I never I've never heard a trans person say that before. And so I never considered it that a and it makes perfect logical sense. I just never thought about it. Mm-hmm. Like it ain't all shits and giggles, especially with you talking about hormone replacement. Like that's a whole nother can of worms because it may not even be emotionally or mentally. It could be a physical day where you just are not with the shits. Yep. So I'm very, very happy that you said that. And hopefully not only I, I'm not the only person that was enlightened enlightened by that, I should say. Yeah, y'all, y'all better be enlightened out there. Hello. Yes. Light bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> should have one glowing over your head right now, like a Nintendo character. Savor this. This costs you nothing, people listening. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So that is going to wrap up this conversation. Yeah! Bianca, again, thank you so much for carving a little bit of time out to be on the show. Um, again, happy forthcoming birthday. Happy Pride. I hope you have the time of your life this coming weekend. And before we get out of here, remind the people one more time where they can find you and the uh, things that you do. You can find me on Twitter at TallBiancaXO. You can find me on Instagram at TallBianca.jpg. Yeah, I went that route. Fight me. Um, <laughs> Snapchat, which I very rarely use. Um, actually, I don't want to mention my Snapchat. Um, so again, I very rarely use it, so it's not even worth mentioning. But no. Um, so yeah, those are ways you can find me in the digital internet space. Um I welcome all who want to learn to come and ask me things. Just uh, understand that I may not want to answer a given question. And right. that ought to be okay. Although I know with some people it's like, oh, but I'm just asking nicely and I just want to yeah. go. So, yeah. Yeah. so yes. Um, and yeah, uh, talk slow, move fast, look before you jump. So yeah. And they can also find you on the Crown and Collars podcast. Yes, you can. You can find me the better part of that show. No, I'm kidding. Um, True facts. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I'm, I'm, no. I I'm said what I said. I work with your co-host on another show. I said <laughs> what the fuck I said. Well, excuse the hell out of me. But no. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. I am yeah, looking to do those things. I'm expanding into comedy writing. Just starting that up. Um, which is really fun because oh. now there's a trans writer in the room and like trying to make dick jokes funny again. So, oh my! <laughs> but go off, sis. Yes. <laughs> um. So yes, live live your best life and just be gentle with the trans people in, in the world. Let's just go ahead and say, make this nice and easy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Another huge thank you to Bianca for agreeing to be on the show and being so candid about her experience and some of the things that I don't think a lot of people think about when it comes to the transgender experience. But hopefully, again, as I said before, hopefully everyone learns something. So go to GaySideStories.com for more information about the show, about the guests, and everything that is housed under the umbrella. Remember, you guys can reach out to me at GaySideStories at gmail.com if you want to 
just have commentary about the show if you have an idea for a show if you want to be on the show if you want me to be on your show send all of that stuff to the email you can follow and interact on social media it's at gay side stories on twitter and instagram gay side stories on facebook and gay side pod is the facebook discussion group make sure you guys are subscribed wherever you get your podcasts if you would like to take a little time in honor of pride month take a little time go over to apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and if you have a little extra time write out a review make sure that you guys are sharing this show with others share it with your friends get the word out that's how we grow and it just helps get this show to more ears thank you again for listening and as always you guys make sure that you're protecting your walls especially during pride month i know there's a lot of jokes and memes going around but it really is important to protect yourself i will see you guys next week thank you again for joining me goodbye